peace and in harmony, people can truly be happy. There is an example for this. An example of this is Alatra. Therefore, let us join together to spread a world of love and friendship. I believe we can move beyond history. If people decide, then the world will change. If the world changes, then the future will change. We welcome everyone present here today and those connected to us online for the Conference for Creative Society. Let's welcome our first speaker, Mr. Robbie Wells, U.S. Presidential Candidate 2020 and Ambassador for the International Human Rights Peace Commission. Mr. Wells will speak to people's united commitment to build a constructive world society by peaceful means as expressed at the International Conference, Society, The Last Chance, on May 11, 2019, voicing his proposal for concrete steps and transformations in this direction. My dear Americans and people from all over the world, all of us, people of planet Earth, are one big human family. Each of us understands the value of family, the important and responsibility for loved ones in joy and in sorrow, in hardship and in well-being. After all, there are no strangers in the family. For many years, I did not know my biological parents. I was raised in a family of a pastor right here in the state of Georgia. I am happy and grateful that I know what humanity, trust, kindness, and love are. I understand the value of family. I am a simple human, just like each and every one of you. I am neither a member of world money lenders, groups, nor a billionaire. I worked as an educator and a football coach for 20 years. Currently, I am the ambassador for the International Human Rights Peace Commission. I had the opportunity to communicate with many people of different ages, nationalities, professions, social status, both in America and abroad. I participated in many public initiatives, traveled all over the United States, and visited other countries as well. And always, looking at our life, I was left with questions of what is happening in our big human family. Why are there wars? Why are there so many good people However, they are doing bad things. Why are there children without parents? Why is it that someone can work tirelessly with all of his diligence and at the same time lives in debt and loans because he is trying to provide everything necessary for his family? And yet, someone else 
does absolutely nothing, steals from the people, and has fortune of billions of dollars. One individual cares about others and gives his or her last. And someone else will not even give a small pay raise to another who has been working for years. As an individual works all of his life in order to pay off a house loan, and even when it is paid off, he is not able to live. He's not able to live in this home that he's paid on his entire life or maintain it because his life becomes more and more expensive every year. Today, many citizens of our country are unable to care for themselves because health care has become too expensive for them and therefore inaccessible. So it turns out we ourselves create an aggressive, animal-like society in which if you do not have money, you are no longer needed. But is it right? How can such human misfortune, such degradation of human dignity, such a division of American citizens be present in a free country? Why is an example uh, like this the example of the world? Or do we have freedom that exists only in the image of our dreams, but in reality, it is a fake? This is a tragedy, not only in America, I have seen the same situation in other countries. If we are a civilized people, then why is the level of depression growing every year? Why are suicides, drug addiction, domestic and social violence growing exponentially? This is a fake picture of success and happiness behind which is the suffering, pain, and destruction of our lives. Aren't we all tired of living like this? Aren't we tired of the existing in such a society where fear and hatred of each other is imposed on us, where we have to survive but not truly live? I saw that something was wrong with humanity. I was searching for the root of evil. I have stood against evil and always strived for peace and for good. I wanted to make this world a better place, a better place for everyone. I saw and understood what problems exist in our world, but did not understand how to solve them globally until by the will of fate, I came into contact with Alatra, International Public Movement. That, what I've been dreaming about my whole life, already exists next to us. And I realized that all of this can be done for everyone. People can live in peace and in harmony. People can truly be happy. People can change the consumer format of society to a constructive and creative one. There is an example for this. An example of this is Alatra. People are uniting 
all over the world, as you can see. People are acting all together, regardless of their country of residence, religion, or social status. People are uniting only on the best of humanity, the qualities that distinguish humans from the animals. I believe it is time for all of humanity to join the Alatra movement and once and for all, get rid of what is not human in all of us. Let us all together unite on the highest human qualities. Today, this task is extremely urgent and critical for each of us. We all face the most serious, vital challenges in the history of mankind ever. We are on the threshold of climate catastrophe, which can happen in the coming decade. What will it lead to if the consumer format of relations in our society continues to dominate? The economies of all the countries will collapse and massive wars for territories and food will begin. It will be the most terrifying war in the history of mankind, the war for survival. The self-destruction of human civilization will begin. If we do not die from climate change, then we will die from nuclear war. This means that with the dominance of the consumer format of relations between countries and between people, we are already inevitably dead. But we want to live. Is it possible to change the future now? It is. And it must be changed by all of us together without wasting any time. Only then will we survive, but we will be able to survive as a united human family. Apart, we will die. We have to come together. In fact, in a global sense, we have nothing to divide. After all, we all have one nationality, humanity. One place of residence, the earth. The rapid change of the vector of society's development from the consumer format to the creative and constructive format is the only chance of all of us to survive. There is no room for populism and speculation on this topic. Here, we need real, concrete actions from each person. The future of humanity depends on us, the ones that are living. We must do everything to ensure that the nations like humanity will survive. It is time to face the truth. The modern consumer society has come to a dead end. Think about that. We have reached the final point of development of the consumer format. We are not even standing over a cliff, but we are standing over our own graves. 
and we have one last step to take. The only question is whether we take it towards death or whether we take it towards life. Development of the consumer format of our civilization began with the Sumerians 6,000 years ago. And the meaning of it is the immeasurable wealth of a few and the impoverishment of the masses. All the history of humankind known to us is built on wars and conquests, which gave rise to many big and loud names. But history is silent about the global enslavement of the masses, about how for the benefit of a few, millions of people were killed. So I want you to think about it. Masses of people were destroyed in order to satisfy the animal appetites of a small bunch of evil individuals, animals. This history of consumer society is a history of murder and enslavement of mankind and the division of society into rich and poor, into those who are free and to those who are slaves. Is this the life worthy of the title of a human being? No, it is not. Look at the world with open eyes. Everywhere there is a lack of respect for human life. Irrepressible corporate greed that continues to sell each of us selfishness, the desire for power by any means. Unlimited capital, capitalization, which leads to the fact that a few get drastically rich due to the impoverishment of the world's entire population. And from this, we have conflicts, wars, inflation, debts, unemployment, and other disasters for all of our people. And each of us feels these consequences of the consumer format of our society. Modern humanity has experienced two world wars. Tens of millions of people were killed. This affected the lives of almost all people except for a very small bunch of non-humans that earned capital in these wars. Even today, this small group and their descendants are striving for more power. They are insatiable. If this madness is not stopped now, then given the drastic climate change, it will end in a huge disaster for humanity. If we do not stop the race of empty bragging between multi-billionaires who want to see who is cooler and who is richer, their insane enrichment by imposing on us, people, a mindset of excessive consumption, destruction of wars, will very quickly lead not only to even greater impoverishment, but also to complete destruction of people across our entire planet. Either all of us together will stop this insane greed in a human, or we are all going to die.
When the inevitable collapse of consumer civilization comes, it will be impossible to keep peace on planet Earth. In modern nuclear war, no one will survive. Think about that. There is only one way to resolve this issue. We must change the rigid 6,000-year-old consumer format of society to a constructive and creative one while there is still a little time. To solve this, only a few steps, just a few, need to be taken. Together with the whole world, we must create a united, planned economy of a creative, constructive world society. The beginning of this is the complete cancellation of all debts between countries. This includes private loans for citizens of the United States and the entire world. It will be impossible for one single nation to do this, no matter how powerful it might be. It takes all the countries to start a new economy from a blank page for people not to lose, but only to win and to earn. This is possible. And we, the people, we can do this, but we can only do it together with the entire world. In fact, everything can be solved and we all together can solve it. It is not difficult to gather the whole world and reach an agreement. The most important issue is that we all are alive and living in peace. If we do not do this, then the insatiability and greed of the few will push all of mankind against each other in war for the remaining resources in which no one will survive and no one will win. Altogether, let's make this decision to build a new relationship between nations and between world economies. Let us make a planned and unified economy without inflation, without lies, without the empty profit uh, to those who do absolutely nothing. This economy that I speak of is not for the groups. It is not for individual corporations. It is not for individuals who think they are the rulers of the world. It is for the people that are around the world, literally everyone. You see, I am for capitalism, but honest capitalism. Capitalism to enrich all people. Let's stop living and stealing from each other. Let's live as one family. It is not the rich who should become poor, but it is the poor who should become rich. Then people will live, not survive, as it is happening today. We will not admire those who kill and rob us, but those who create for all of society. Thank you. Altogether, we must and we can create the conditions for a normal and prosperous life for everyone in our large human family. A person must work to live, but not live to work. The United States, like other countries, in recent years 
has turned into a debt prison. We must remove economic slavery in order to have true freedom. A person should enjoy life, not live in problems and worries when he is forced to work out his loans with the banks so he has somewhere to go and a roof over his head. A person should live, not worry what to live on for tomorrow. He should wake up in joy, not in fear and worries about how to feed his family. But yet that's where we are right now. A person should have time for spiritual and moral self-development, time to engage in sports, which I love, time to educate children, time for their personal life. There should be guaranteed jobs and high salaries around the world that will be able to provide all needs of all humans. Then people will not have to leave their homes in search of a better life. This will eliminate the problem of labor migration. Human life should be worthy everywhere. Stable prices. In 50 and 100 years, the cost of goods and services should be firmly fixed and should be the same everywhere. This will ensure st stability throughout the entire world. No inflation. After all, inflation and crisis are created artificially. It's created by bankers. It is a small banking game to make a few rich and billions of people poor. In reality, it is stealing from the poor. People get into debt and then spend their whole life paying off loans. In a constructive society, there should not even be the concept of inflation. A creative society is for the people and beneficial to all the people. This will give a worthy standard of living, transparency and openness. People should openly control the banking system. No offshore banking anymore. Honest taxation. There should be no taxes on purchased property. It is the property of that person that has already been paid for. So why should you continue to have to pay taxes? Free health care. Medicine must be free and available worldwide for everyone. There should be high salaries for doctors and equally high quality of services all over the entire world. The doctors should be interested in a healthy lifestyle and prevention of diseases for the entire population, not in deceiving the patient and earning money on expensive drugs and unjustified surgeries. Free education. I was an educator for 20 years. I know the problems with education. Training of specialists, even in private institution, institutions, should be paid by the state, paid by the government. Free education from early childhood all the way through college. Constructive knowledge for literally everyone, for all. Science must get off the rails of the destruction of mankind and stand on the rails of improving the quality of people's lives on the creative rails. Technology at the service of humanity. The modern IT technologies should give freedom to people 
and serve all of humanity. It should not enslave people's minds and make them like controlled robots. We've seen this. Freedom of travel around the world for all people. After all, in a creative society, a single state is part of the large human family. It is part of the world with the preservation of its cultural values and historical heritage. With the United States leading the way under my leadership, we will bring all the nations together to defend humanity from all threats caused uh, by climatic elements and any sort of aggression. But we've got to do this together. The creative format of society is already beginning to be widely and actively discussed by the international community. I am proud that on May the 11th, 2019, a historic event took place in the United States right here in Atlanta, Georgia. It was the first international online conference of the new format, Society, The Last Chance. This was done on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement where people from around the world, as you can see, openly and honestly spoke about the politicians and the world press that remain silent. People voice not only problems, but most importantly, ways to solve those problems around the world. I had the honor of attending and speaking at this conference. I got to see in practice that people of different nationalities, different religions, and social status really just want one thing, to live in peace and friendship with each other to live in a creative society. We have more in common with each other than we realize. And our nation of humanity will achieve greatness for the first time when we stand with a perfect vision in 2020 to erase the lines of division between people around the entire world. I hold the task set by the international community at this conference on May the 11th, 2019 in Atlanta, Georgia, deep within my heart. We truly can do this, but only if we do it together. It depends on each one of us. So my first step is to announce to you today that in 2020, I will be seeking the Democratic Party's nomination for President of the United States. I am running for president in order to do everything I can to help people around the world transform from that consumer society into a creative society. I am running for president to stop this crazy power struggle that has been perverting the world for basically 6,000 years. The power which led to many wars, millions of people being killed, and slavery of humanity. Even today, the consumer slave system is camouflaged under various high-sounding titles and political promises that have become more and more complex. Freedom must be practiced, not written on a piece of paper. And I am not running for any kind of power. I'm taking responsibility 
responsibility for the people of America and the free world and literally all the world. I want to serve the people because I feel responsible for all of humanity, if you only knew. I am running to be the president of the United States to feel, fulfill the will of the people and to ensure a worthy future for the citizens of America and for every citizen around the world. I hope that in the first step, I will get support from all Americans and all people of goodwill, from people with Elatra that is inside of them. Elatra is the best qualities in a person. It is honor, it is conscience, it is love, it is the soul of a person. This is what God has breathed into each and every one of us. This is what sets us apart from the animals and unites each and every one of us. I am speaking with you honestly and openly today. It is time for all of us to lay aside all of our differences. It is time for all of us to unite. Together, let us all reign victorious over the forces of life so that our children and their children have a future. We want future generations to live in a state of happiness, health, wealth, and peace. We will not make empty promises. We will roll up our sleeves and together we will bring Eden back to earth. We have dreamed of this day long enough. Now we will rise up and build heaven on earth. After all, God is with us. May God bless each and every one of you here today. And may God bless these United States and the entire world. Now, let us rise up like the phoenix out of the ashes of a divided world and into the glorified glory of a unified people. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Ms. Marina Avtsinova, participant of Alatra International Public Movement and the main speaker at the event, Society, the Last Chance. <clears throat> Marina will speak about the importance of changing the vector of society's development from a consumer format to a creative and constructive one. Today, indeed, there are many people around the world who have woken up. Those who see and feel the truth and are not being silent. Those who feel this inner connection, this unity with each other, and are already acting for the sake of uniting people and building a creative society. This was proven by the conference of a new format, Society, The Last Chance. The conference took place on May 11, 2019, on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. People themselves in the United States and around the world have felt the need for these global changes in the world society. Through the online video conference, many people from different countries gathered all together as one united family in order to discuss our common to all mankind vital issues which are happening in our large planetary home. The main topic of discussion was the question, what threat to the near future brings the consumer format of modern society? And how can people themselves 
all together peacefully, reformed the vector of society's development from consumer to creative one, while taking into account the existing and impending global problems and challenges of climatic and geopolitical nature. All clear-minded people of the world understand that a transition to a creative format of society is the only, I repeat, the only chance for all of us to survive as humanity. The conference created an unprecedented resonance in society. The huge support and real actions of people around the world are just the beginning of the growing wave which was generated by the important topics raised during the conference and by its results. Every day in different countries of the world, the number of reasonable people, people of goodwill, who are involved in the active implementation of this vitally important for all task is growing exponentially. They unite, share ideas, knowledge, experience, and implement joint initiatives and practice thanks to shared opportunities. They all understand that humanity is now at a dead end. We are on the verge of global economic and geopolitical collapse during the period of drastic global climate change on the planet, which will inevitably affect the lives of every person and all humanity. The reality is that, like never before, we as humanity are very close to the point of self-destruction, either through the use of nuclear weapons or as a result of climatic cataclysms. But who prevents us, the people, to make a decision and change everything, to begin living like humans, as it should be in the civilized world? After all, only we, ourselves, with our real actions, can help each other in the world. Why? Because it is people, those who create, those who build, Hard-working people of the world should make the global decisions about their fate and not a bunch of egoists who live only for their personal interests. If there were fewer political games, then people would truly know what awaits them in the near future. They would know the whole truth about the climate situation and prospects for upcoming years. For example, as honestly as it is described in the climate report published by Alatra IPM on the problems and consequences of global climate change on Earth, effective ways to solve these problems. But this is not public knowledge. Is it not beneficial for someone to talk about it? Then I have a question for them. Will it be beneficial for people to leave their homes migrate urgently to other areas during climate disaster while the consumer way of thinking will continue to dominate in the global society. What can we expect? Destruction of each other? Why did we come to the dead end? Because there is a global game for the public, falsehood, concealment of actual information, the question is, who is playing with our lives? For us, it is life. And for them, it is a game. After all, 
Only a few people play big politics. A few people play big business. But the price for their games is our lives. And how can you play with people's lives for the sake of imaginary ambitions? And is it allowed on behalf of more than 300 million Americans to say that we want to kill this or those people who are supposedly our enemy? And who appointed these peoples as our enemies? A few politicians played to benefit the businessman who could not divvy up a wallet belonging to the people with the same players in those countries. But whoever allowed the politician to play with people's lives? War is the shame of mankind. It is a grief of mothers. There are no winners or losers. Wars carry death that destroys our children. But wait. In the world, there is no such thing as other people's children. All children in this world are our children. What is the modern consumer format? It is the format of the game, played by a few with destinies of billions. People from all over the world understand that these players got caught up in the game. We have had enough, enough of your game. People all over the world understand that world politicians are messengers to the big businesses in the interest of small groups of people. This is wrong. This game of divide and conquer has lasted for 6,000 years. 6,000 years we exist under the dictation of this format, which is only being improved as a sophisticated form of slavery. Humanity no longer remembers how it should be, how to live human-like, accordingly to the conscience. Also, each of us dreams of fair treatment towards ourselves and for people to treat each other with love, dignity, and respect. Consumer format kills the most important thing, humanness. Then what is the point of such a humanity in which pride and the darkest and beastly vices stimulate all the negative that is present in a human? Is this the life of a civilized society? It is a fake game imposed by the system, which places into slavery, anti-human conditions, the existence of all, those who play and those who get played. It's time for everyone to grow up. Human life is not a game. Today, the technologies used for manipulation and control are failing the system all over the world. People are waking up. And all those people were silent for many years and beginning to speak up now. Good, decent citizens have always stood aside from revolutions because they understood that behind all this hype has always been someone's desire for power. They were smart enough to stand aside from paid political shows. But the time has come for them to say a few words. 
and now fighting with consequences. It is necessary to eliminate the cause. We, the people, gathered with the world, can make our lives worthy. What do all people around the world want? To live honestly, rightly, safely, in prosperity, to work a little, and to earn a lot. This is how we should be in a creative, highly technologically advanced civilized society. Let's honestly look at the modern history, not only of the United States, but of the whole world. All the presidents in all countries hiding behind the needs of the peoples and execute the will of either rich family clans or multi-billionaires. Many of them are good speakers, but they only play the role of a free man in public, while essentially remaining as the executors of someone's will. Someone's, but not the people. Isn't that a paradox? How can this be happening in the civilized countries? Aren't they themselves suffer from it? All people, the presidents and businessmen, their people, the same as us, they also suffer from their own games, but cannot break away from the vicious circle. The time has come to break this circle and to start give people who are not members of the clans, are not billionaires, who are not cut off from society, the responsibility for the American people, those who are like us, those who are one of us, who in practice knows the needs of the people and is guided by the principle of humanness, who can break this vicious circle and make sure that the power really belongs to the people, so that from now on, we no longer have representative of the authorities, but executive services, those people who fulfill the will of the people and do not strive for power, those whose aspiration and desires coincide with the will of people all over the world, those who are full of honor, Dignity and determination should run for the president in their countries to fulfill the aspiration of billions of people so that this humanity has a chance for the future. The ones who run for president need to take responsibility and not seize power. To serve the people and not to exploit them. If each of us People around the world, in their places, right now, do everything possible to change the consumer format of existence of our world community to a creative one, then our descendants will have a future. This is our common future. This is our joint life. Our planet Earth is too small and fragile. During the period of severe challenges, we can survive only together as a universal, creative, harmonious, united family. This is what people around the world want. If people in the whole world say yes, then it will be so. If people decide, then the world will change.
If the world changes, then the future will change. On the second Saturday of May, 2020, we invite all good and kind people to the Universal International Conference Society, The Last Chance, where citizens from different countries of the world all together will decide how we all will live in the future. This will be a time when all of us jointly, all together, will be able to approve and adopt the creative and constructive format of society's development. We, the people of the world, ourselves, with our own hands, will create conditions for the development of a creative society in which will flourish stability and abundance in everything. There will be no place for hatred between humans and love and friendship will prevail on earth. Everything depends on society, but society is each of us. Let's change the world together. May God bless each of us in this difficult time. May God bless the United States of America and the whole world. I am happy to introduce our next guest speaker, Mr. Chander Gambier. Mr. Gambier retired as Indian diplomat. He served in India on nine diplomatic missions, including Switzerland, Brazil, Cuba, and Washington, D.C. Mr. Gambier now lives in Atlanta and is involved in working with and for many NGOs and NPOs and various social and cultural organizations in Georgia, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. metropolis. And today, he will be sharing his knowledge on how to peacefully change relationships within world society as a response to the challenges of the global climate and geopolitical issues. Thank you very much, and good morning to all of you. I will be speaking today on life is beautiful as it should be, and for all. At the outset, if I may ask all of you, what is the precious thing in life? Diamonds, palatial mansion in Hollywood, Manhattan, or a farmhouse on the green hush hills of Switzerland? I don't think so. And I think you will all agree with me. The most important thing for a man in life is freedom. Freedom and freedom as a whole. Even the parrot will not like to be in the cage, even if it is made of gold. He also wants to flutter and fly away in the open sky. Human beings also want freedom. So I am very strong believer of freedom for all. All these possessions what I mentioned above, they may be important in their own way. I don't mean that they are not important to have a mansion or money or something. 
but most important is freedom and we are going to work with alatra to get that freedom and unity for all the people of the world <laughs> many peoples many countries may have gone of course through their own freedom struggle but no one like india knows the value of freedom or how valuable is the human life because we had gained independence freedom through total non violence and peaceful means championed by the father of our nation mahatma gandhi it was all peaceful means we believe in coexistence of all people and all countries this is also our strong conviction that if we allow the freedom and the right for every country to exist with respect i think there are no issues which we cannot resolve peacefully everything we can resolve peacefully only we have to respect others that is what is very important especially in this time of the life as just advocated by robby wells and also illustrated and spoken at length by marina if we all join together we can bring a big change in the society that is what even mahatma gandhi said we can bring the change whatever we wish being together being united and that's what our aim and objective our as well as of alatra is the same let us get united and let us work for unity and harmony in the entire world i had attended the conference on 11th may here in atlanta society the last chance held under the species of alatra i was very impressed as you all were who were whoever had attended i was very impressed with the aims and objectives of alatra and to learn of their sincere efforts dreams and endeavors for uniting all the people of the world to achieve true freedom and dignity for all that's a very great objective and a very good ideal we should respect all of us and be with them as per my own experiences at the last conference the highest values that alatra attaches to overall freedom and dignity are as a matter of fact very much identical to the principles and ideals which india holds for centuries we are for all for that india is for that and with it we believe that god made us all alike i am very happy to note that alatra professes the same objective of working towards making the life of all human beings in the world happy free and beautiful alatra has really noble cause and noble objectives we have to work with them and for them 
Fundamentally, we are all human beings and we all need love, peace, humanity, and harmony to be able to live as brothers and sisters. India is a perfect example of unity in diversities. As you may all know, India has so many languages, different cultures in different parts of the country, but we are, I'm so proud, we are still ever unified and united. In my opinion, the power belongs to people and should belong to people who deserve to live in dignity, not in debt, in love, not in hatred, anymore, anywhere. That is the values which we attach, and I'm proud again, Alatra attaches the same thing to the principles. People need to be allowed to have equal rights and opportunities, to be free, to choose employment, affordable health insurance, housing, and independent living with self-respect. Of course, no country alone can get rid of or can come out of vicious circle of poverty and deprivation. But if we all join together, we can one day. I deeply believe also that we, the people together, are able to overcome any struggles or any difficulties which may come on this path. We can overcome. The only need will be to unite and to work together. I have no doubt that with our potential energy, with our spiritual fire in our minds, in our hearts, we can find a path, we can find a means to overcome all those difficulties, if at all they come. We should be easily able to build a society of cohesion and cordiality. There is no difficulty. The, the man, the human beings, we are capable of winning anything. And I believe that if you win yourself, you can win the, win the world. Everything is the willpower to win yourself. This is very important. We have to try to work together to break the shackles of poverty and problems together forever. And also we need to move away those people who are indulging into such a thing, unnecessary and endless aggression and destruction, conquest and enslavement imposed on us from outside. Again, the problem and the question in everybody's mind will be, how do we do it? The greatest victory of victory is first over oneself. As I said before, if you are able to win yourself, you can win the entire world. And there is what the means to do that. And this is the truth. This is the truth and the means to achieve true freedom of man. This also is the spirit of Alatra. And with such an unextinguishable, such an unextinguishable spiritual fire, as I said earlier, among us, we will sincerely and seriously 
work together from a standpoint of humanity, unity and respect for all. Keeping in view this, this spirit of humanity and unity and equality, I like to invite and request you all to follow on the universal need of the hour and come along to stand by Alatra to help propagate its virtues, ideals and principles which are also India's as well as contained in Mahatma Gandhi's legacy. We are following that. At least I'm very happy and proud to, I should use the word announce, I'll be very happy to work with and for Elatra for times to come. Because I love and I respect their ideals and the virtues and the values. Please, therefore, let us join together to spread a world of love and friendship in every part of the world and strengthen Alatra in its journey to achieve freedom and unity of all. We must do everything possible also to bring the representations of our entire huge world family for 2020. Keep in mind and pay attention to this, that Alatra's preamble, Alatra's preamble in the true sense is the soul of Gandhi's dreams, which is to strive for peace, freedom, unity, and love among all the human beings of the entire world. Thank you very much, brothers and sisters. Thank you very, very much, all of you. For our closing speech of this morning, we are pleased to welcome Mr. Robert Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy is the president of the Atlanta Council on International Relations and Professor Emeritus at the Sum Nun School of International Affairs at Georgia Institute of Technology, Atlanta, Georgia. His previous positions include Director of George C. Marshall European Center for Security Studies in Germany, Deputy Commandant, NATO Defense College in Italy, Dwight D. Eisenhower Professor of National Security Studies, U.S. Army War College and Foreign Affairs Officer, U.S. Arms Control and Disarmament Agency. He has also served as an enlisted man in the U.S. Army and was a command pilot in the U.S. Air Force. Today, he will be sharing his expert opinion on building strong relationships based on mutual friendship and partnership between different countries and cultures. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Robert Kennedy. Well, I'd like to thank the organizers uh, for inviting me here today to talk, and uh, I'd also consider it an honor and a privilege not only to speak to you, but to speak to the audience uh, that you have worldwide for your programs. 
Ladies and gentlemen, today we are confronted with an unprecedented opportunity to change the essential conflictual uh, nature of man's existence on Earth. Never before in the history of mankind have we been more connected to each other. The airplane, the internet, the smartphone have nearly eliminated all barriers of time and space. We can chat with someone halfway around the world by simply dialing a number on the telephone. We can learn about other peoples, other cultures, other religions, simply by typing a few words on our computer. We have FaceTime, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, and so on, as a further means of communication. Yet, none of this may matter. As long as we continue to pursue our personal desires and interests without consideration of the interests and needs of the greater community, man will continue to live uh, in a permanent state of conflict with fellow man. This pertains as much, if not more, to nations as it does to individuals. As long as nations focus only on their own self-interest, you can call this nationalism, without consideration of the interests of others, mankind will continue to live in a state of war. War and its terrible consequences in terms of loss of human life, national treasure, and human depredation will continue to characterize man's existence on earth. To quote the nobleman Cassius in Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, the fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. The question we must therefore ask ourselves is, how can we move beyond this outrageous yet enduring state of existence. Indeed, is it even possible? Does the very nature of mankind doom humanity to a perpetual state of conflict? It is my personal belief that indeed we can. I believe we can move beyond history where war has been not just as Louis XIV inscribed on, the, on his canons, uh, the final resort of kings, but has become the final resort of nations and subnational groups. By this, I do not mean that all conflict, violence, wars can be avoided. I do, however, mean that as a rather common phenomenon in history, Conflict among peoples and nations can be and must be greatly circumscribed. There are no winners in war. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. Selfishness 
and arrogance are communicable diseases that too often lead to conflict. But the world will not change on its own. Differing points of view will remain a permanent feature of the domestic and international landscape. Difference of view exists at every level of human endeavor, within families, among friends, within and among organizations, clans, tribes, and, of course, nations. Indeed, differing points of view are a natural feature of human existence. I cannot imagine a less creative environment than one in which we all shared the same background, the same experiences, the same culture, the same beliefs, the same traditions. How terribly boring that would be. <laughs> so it is quite natural that differing points of view will continue to emerge among people as well as among differing communities and nations. The differences are the essential essence of human existence, the spice of life, the foundation indeed of all creativity and the fuel of human progress. Differences, however, can often lead to violence and war. It is in our ability to reconcile differences that mankind moves beyond what Thomas Hobbes called the state of war. So what will it take? As a minimum, I would like to briefly mention what I consider to be five essential requirements to move from where we are today, essentially in, in, in a conflict, conflictual world. First, knowledge. As we look toward building a better world for the future, we need knowledge. Knowledge of ourselves, knowledge of others, knowledge of history, of peoples, of cultures, of traditions, of interests, and among other things, an understanding of the objectives and concerns of others. And we will need the wisdom to recognize that no one person, no one group, no one nation has all of the answers all of the time. A recognition that no man is an island, that we are all, as you have heard today so often, dependent on each other for our well-being. We live in a world of individual and national globalization. Thus, what each of us does, and more importantly, how we go about doing that, can and will, in fact, determine the future of mankind. Working together, we can forge a more promising future. This does not mean compromising our values out of weakness or a temporary amnesty born of feelings of disappointment and revenge. It means distilling out of our differing truths a larger and more just truth. Second, we will need to have a vision. 
We must have a vision of the kind of future domestic environment and international order that we seek. You never get on a train without buying a ticket and knowing where you're going. That vision includes a future in which differences of interests and objectives among peoples and nations is recognized, but also a vision that includes a means of overcoming those differences and finding common ground in order to advance the common good and to open opportunities for the creativity of man to flourish. Let us not make enemies of those with whom we differ. Rather, let us inspire to work together to find common ground. Let ideas, not violence and war, be our weapons. Third, a determination to invest in the well-being of all mankind, all mankind. Particularly, I might add, in health and education, and as you know in these fields, there is so much more to be said than time permits this morning. Fourth, a commitment to a norms-based domestic and international community founded on universal principles. For those who have read uh, the Alatra book, you know what I'm speaking. Rather than one based on individual group or national self-interest, as well as a clear an overwhelming commitment to the common good. To this end, we need to establish better mechanisms for dialogue and in turn grow norms of behavior where it is not might that makes right, but rather right and truth that make might. Nearly 20 years ago, a colleague of mine, Josef Jaffe, editor and publisher of a German weekly, Die Zeit, wrote an article titled, Who's Afraid of Mr. Big? Of course, meaning the United States, the sole surviving superpower at the end of the Cold War. His conclusion was that despite all its flaws, and he noted many in this article, since the United States had invested in the public good, and here he mentions such efforts as United States efforts to establish the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, the General Agreement on Tariff and Trade, trade the World Trade Organization, the United States had advanced its interest by serving the interests of others. Therefore, he concluded the world was not afraid of Mr. Big, this is indeed a model for individual as well as international behavior. Do unto others as you wish done unto you. All of this will require leadership, not just at the top, but at the bottom. As I used to tell people, it's not just the leader at the front of the table. The leader can be the least noticeable person in the rear of the room. A new breed of leaders will be required. Men and women of creed, of all creeds, races, ethnicity, sexual orientation, and so on, who are prepared to listen before they speak, to engage in dialogue, to acquire the requisite knowledge, 
Leaders who seek to truly understand and analyze before they decide, who have the moral courage to do what is right, not what is expedient, the humility to recognize that they are not always right, and the integrity to slavishly commit themselves to speak the truth. This morning, you have heard Robbie Wells announce that he is running for the presidency of the United States of America. We are now entering a period where we will have to choose leaders at the national and local level. How will they measure up to the terms of advancing the cause of humanity? Ladies and gentlemen, the choice is yours. Choose wisely. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for joining us today. I would like to thank everybody here. Thank you to all the speakers, to all the people that have joined us online. They are in different time zones. In some countries it is night, but they still are joining us today and we would like to say thank you. Today the future of our society depends on each of us. Please share your ideas and visions as to how, on May 9th, 2020, the whole of humanity can come together in order to decide the future of our civilization. Please pick up a brochure. The information, our contact information, email and phone number are inside. You can send us an email or give us a call. Please share your thoughts and feedback today with our video crew. Thank you very much.